Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Maybe I'm a nightmare for the teachers. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. The memory still wounds. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Yeah, we're just the late family. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. A big bucket of ready confetti. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about What Fresh Hell? is back to school. It is one of the many fresh hells, Amy. (laughs) One of the many fresh hells. We're Northeasterners, so our kids go back to school after Labor Day. Like now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my family's Southern folk are, they've all been back in school for three weeks now. It's wild. You see those back to school? They're like, what fresh hell's fall break? What do you mean? Yeah, like you see those back to school photos and you're like, whoa, we're just packing for the vacation. Like what's happening over there? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're all doing it at a certain point. We're going back to school. So even the at-home schoolers have to get back to a routine. I mean, it's happening, people. That's right. Okay, well, we're going to talk about all the really bad things about the back to school season, <laughs> the, the fresh house. But first, let's do our mailbag. Oh, please. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. So this one comes from Molly in our Facebook group. This was kind of a, a whole category of mailbags we got, which was after our episode, Why Isn't This a Thing? which was so successful. We're going to do Why Isn't This a Thing Part 2 coming soon to a headset near you. Anyway, (laughs) a phone in your general vicinity. Molly from our Facebook group said, I was listening to the Why Isn't This a Thing episode while packing up some of my kids' outgrown clothes and books. And I wanted to tell everyone that there are local to you groups on Facebook that you can use to exchange gently used kids stuff. She says that one of my neighborhood is called Pay It Forward. Sometimes they're called Buy Nothing groups. I am so happy to be be able to give a bag of 4T boys clothes directly to someone whose kid can use them instead of dumping them in a bin somewhere. Yes. So thanks, Molly. And I'll put a link in the show notes. The New York Times, actually, same week, did a whole thing about like, here's how to give away clothes instead of just sort of throwing them in the landfill directly. Here are some better ideas. And it was all about the Buy Nothing groups. So I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, I'm a big Buy Nothing. I have a piano from Buy Nothing. I, right at this moment, as we speak, Amy, out my window is an Iron Man helmet just waiting to be picked up. And the lady's going to leave me an aloe plant in exchange just to be nice. Yeah. She was like, oh, my grandson's going to be so excited for the Iron Man helmet. Would you like an aloe plant? I said, sure. I'm Irish. I sunburn easily. Yes. (laughs) I always need aloe. 
<laughs> red as can be. And so, yeah, we're always free cycling over here. So that was very useful. And that's good to know. And you're sort of my buy nothing group for the daughter's clothes. Yes, because I get Amy's daughter's old clothes. Yeah. Um, by the way, that's coming. I could probably take your boys old clothes now that we're discussing it on our podcast. We should probably talk about this offline. But right. now that I think about it, my kids are not that far behind yours. So hand me some of those boy clothes, too. You're right. Why not? I mean, the problem is my, I have a neighbor who just gave me, it's a lot of fancy jackets. And tie. My kids never get dressed up. They, we never have anywhere to go like that. That's the perfect buy nothing group. Like you really need the suit for the uncle's wedding, right? Yeah. The confirmation. It's like, well, it's like twice a year that we ever need anything. Mm-hmm. All right. So I thought this week we would talk about what we think are the worst fresh hells of the back to school season. How about I lay down one and then you lay down one? Agreed. Like Jenga. Okay. So my- <laughs> I don't think that's how you play Jenga. You take one out and then the other person takes one out. Here's one fresh hell for me. It is the 20 minute back to school visit that happens about two weeks before school starts. So you have to like be around just to drop off your kid for like a 20 minute meet the tuba teacher and then leave again. Correct. Those are the worst. Well, and we're now in a new fresh hell, which is my freshman is starting a high school sport. And we just learned that that starts like two weeks before the first day of school. Had I not told you that? Yeah. Preseason sports. All right. Go off, Margaret. Well, (laughs) I probably just blocked it out. Well, I mean, we're just not doing it. We're like, we're going to be away. Sorry, we didn't realize that there was a new thing about how sports start two weeks before the regular school. Yes. So we're just opting out of that, which I hope is okay. Yeah, I mean... It's gonna, we'll find out. You like Stay tuned for updates. I'm not available for sports two weeks before. I'm not, I'm not available. I'm sorry. Yeah, our summer was two and a half weeks shorter than I wanted it to be this year because my uh, high schooler plays soccer and has to be, you know, in New York for a two-hour soccer practice every day. So we have to be there. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I'm opting out, people. It's a team sport. They got to do it. They got to practice sometime. Their first game was like the week school started. Like it was like the school started Tuesday. The first game's Wednesday. I get it. I'm not saying there shouldn't be preseason or maybe I am. Maybe I am. I mean, I'm saying that I am saying there shouldn't be preseason. Oh, well, you lose the first game. You'll get it together week two. It's fine. If nobody had preseason, this is one of these things like if we all agreed just not to let them practice before school started, then they'd all be terrible week one. The other huge part of that is that the last couple of weeks of the summer, we were at the lake. I just got into the habit of sleeping in until 830 every day. And let me tell you, Waking up, putting my feet on the ground and making lunches and breakfast and where's your backpack and where's the laptop and is it charged? It's not doing it for me, Amy. I so feel this. There's something called like the Sunday sads. Yes. Is that what they're called? Well, I mean, I know when you say the phrase Sunday sads, I certainly am not like, what could that be, Amy? I don't understand. Yeah, right. Like you can't enjoy your Sunday night because here comes Monday and here comes the crazy week. Yeah, 60 minutes comes on and you get the dread feeling. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, it's over. So I very much have this. You know that I am a summer fan, more so than an autumn sort of person. And I don't like autumn because of what comes next, winter. So August 1st, and here comes the orthodontist appointment in the preseason soccer. And I just get in an August sads because because here comes back to school and I dread it. And then as soon as it starts, like I'm fine. Like we're clearly like already fine. We're in the zone. We're busy. We're in our school year routine. Everybody up and out the door at 8 a.m. instead of lying around looking at their phones. It's fine once the transition happens, but the dread I have in the weeks building up. It's still not fine for me. I'm still hurting from it. It's not easy. 
I had my first child at 37 years old. So I just had a lot of years of just being on my own schedule. People always said to me, oh, once you have kids, your schedule really changes and you get you become a morning person, you get used to it. Never happened for me. I have never gotten used to the mornings. I will never get used to the mornings. And I'm hating the mornings right now. I'm not feeling being back on the sketch. I hate to tell you what comes after preseason cross country, cross country meets on weekends. Yeah, I probably won't go to those, right, though? Don't they bust them to those things? Do I have to go? I've already seen my kid run. I don't need to go to that. I know what it looks like. Yeah, I don't need to see it again. It's running and coming in not first, right? I mean, God, my kids don't play cross country, but right, you're there at the starting line and then they like go off into the woods and you hang out and wait for them to come back. I don't think I'm going to need to participate that much in that. We'll see about that. I mean, I'm not going to participate that much (laughs) in that. That's what I know. Yeah. I'm not a back to school fan, Amy. Here's something else about back to school. This is a small one, but it really bothers me. So I'm going to throw it on the pile. Okay. Um, The pants that don't fit them when they put them on the night before. Now, my kids wear a uniform to school. Yours do not. But yeah, my son wears khakis. I have two sons. One's in college now, but they both wore khakis all through high school. That was their dress code. Anyway, it was always the night before, even though I thought we had checked in June. Maybe I had checked in June. But when you check on August 25th, all of the pants are all of a sudden six inches too short on them. Or they have pen on them. They don't have anything. And you got to like pen on double, triple overnight from Land's End. You just pretend that pen showed up that morning. You just deny that pen. You're like, oh, I don't know. He must have left a pen in his pocket this very day. Yes. We'll fix these next week. I have big kids, so I try to outsource this, right? I try to be like, you have to look in your closet. You have to f- make sure you have your school shoes. We know where they are. They didn't get like left in the locker. All right, I will. And then, of course, the night before. I don't have shoes. I don't have a backpack. Right. No, no, no. They've never heard of that. Never, never heard of that. Yeah. Even for back to school, we have to have clothes that are not insane. And I will say living in New York in September, your temperature choices are 97 degrees or 52 degrees. So it can be challenging to know what you need. And so I did just kind of load the kids bureaus what do you call it chest of drawers shiffer robes yes with an insane amount of like corduroys and shorty shorts like you just gotta you gotta play your day basically these days i feel like the northeast we have like a full month of we used to call it indian summer now i'm just gonna call it unpleasantly heat temperature hot still summer yeah hot summer why is it still so hot summer yeah i mean there's nothing good about it amy there's nothing and and i do like the routine of back to school eventually but i haven't hit the groove yet by october i'll be happy to have yes. six to eight hours a day by myself every day and i'm just not feeling the upside yet we had we knocked it out of the park this summer i have to say we did a lot of downtime and then a lot of fun stuff and i I'm missing it. You know how they say like being rich would ruin you? Like, oh, kids are just spoiled when they get everything they want. I feel like I could handle it. I feel personally like if someone were to give me $15 million, I could live a very satisfying life just doing whatever I wanted all the times. They would still come down the stairs and be like, mom, I don't have any pants that fit me the night before. Like that's still... I feel like... (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm just talking about myself. Like I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get my kids ready for school. You need a mindset. Couldn't I have like a nanny or something like that who did those things? What you need, Margaret, is some ready confetti. No, no. I reject this already. Ready confetti. Oh, my God. Bridget sent this in. She's one of our listeners. I hate to goof on teachers. We love you, teachers. But this, what happened here? And P.S., the teachers are doing this because 
everybody's like, back to school. Like they're literally trying to address that extreme reluctance in all of us, including themselves probably. And so Bridget's kids teacher sent home some ready confetti. Should we read a little bit of this poem? That's your job as the actress, Amy. The night before school is exciting and fun. There's always so many things to be done. Your clothes are ready. I mean, maybe. Your backpack is too. Probably not. Your classroom is full of fun things to do. On Tuesday night when you lay down your head, just sprinkle some confetti under your pillow in bed. This teacher has sent home confetti that the kid is supposed to sprinkle in her bed. The confetti will help you sleep through the night and wake up in the morning feeling fresh and bright. I'll sprinkle the confetti under my pillow too because I'm super excited to teach you. When Bridget quite rightly posted this for our reactions, what fresh hell is this? I mean, I have to agree that there's no upside to having a child in a bed full of tinny confetti. The kind that comes in a greedy card. No, you know, it's, it's not going to go well. There's no upside to that. Your washer is going to be tanked. God bless the teacher because, I mean, you're trying and you're trying to make it fun. But I, I don't think this is probably the solution. Ready confetti inside your heart, please. Everybody just ready confetti in your yeah, mind. Yeah, ready confetti inside your heart. I think that's the way to go. Like, I think that the, uh, what do we call that? The symbolic ready confetti, the imaginary ready confetti. Right. I think the idea is A++, but the execution needs a little bit of work in that it does not actually need to involve confetti. One of our listeners, I mean, I wouldn't have thought of this. It came in a little plastic bag, a little Ziploc that this teacher had stapled to this poem suitable for framing. And one of our listeners said, can't you just put it in the Ziploc under the pillow? I mean, if your kid would be cool with that, that's definitely the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Now that should have been in the poem. Keep it in the Ziploc all your days. Do not open it or there will be hell to pay. Then there will be no more fun times to be had. Yeah. Well, mine rhymed, Amy. Mine rhymed. All right. We'll be back with even more back to school fresh hell. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew, and believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a (laughs) pro-aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies, and as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own, and today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. 
The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Amy, Mm -hmm. what fresh hell is school supplies in which I feel you have two options and let me lay them out for you. Option one, buy them yourself. Forget to buy them, have to run around, find 86 different stores. Oh, wait, you never did get the right kind of pencil that taps on the computer screen, whatever. Nightmare. Yes. Or pre-order the box of school supplies that comes from the school, which contains, by my estimation, 642 pounds of school supplies, like an appropriate amount of school supplies for 12 children. I think I'd take the box, but then yes, I know what you mean. Like you have the notepads 10 years later. We take the box. We take the box. But I literally in my foyer, Amy, some people would say a foyer. It's just the little entrance hallway that we come in. Maybe you'd call it a mudroom. Sure. I'm familiar with that. I have three backpacks still full of last year's coming home school supplies. And then I have two boxes (laughs) roughly the size of like a large dog's coffin filled with new school supplies. We have enough school supplies in my foyer to open our own school. You could take them to your local buy nothing group, but they'd be like, no, thanks. I also no, have six. We boxes all have. Right. Yeah, exactly. Every single person is like, I have a small packing container full of school supplies. We're drowning in school supplies. But then if you don't get them from the school, then the kid comes home and they're like, what is wrong with you, mother? I didn't have the right kind of graph paper to do my assignment and everyone mocked me. This will surprise you zero. I mean, I hate dealing with remembering to get them, but I do remember the only good thing about back to school is that fresh notebook that hasn't been touched. It is exciting. Opening it and like writing your name on the cover and like, this is a new me. This is, and I think I do on the upside of back to school, I do still experience like September is my January. You know what I'm saying? Like the the school year is really where I'm like, okay, this year we're going to do things because I have school-aged kids. Yeah, we're going to start it off right. I still think of September as the beginning of something, not really January, which is just like the middle of something hard and endless. (laughs) Well, Amy and I are both writers. And I mean, we always joke that your great novel is waiting if you can just find the right notebook and pen combination. Exactly. There is the promise of newness. Yes, agree. I love a new box of pens and a new notebook. Yeah, the clickety-clack of the uh, number two pencil box. It's pretty thrilling. I know what you mean. I got another wet fresh hell for you. You've heard me complain about it before. The parent portal. Just last night, I uh, was in the WhatsApp chat with the other parents on my kid's soccer team. And I said, does anybody know if the schedule is live? And somebody responded, it's on the portal. It's on the school portal. Reader, I spent like 15 minutes. I went to the high school website. I logged in. I saved my password. So like I had that part right. I know what my password is. I log in. I spent 15 minutes looking under every rock. Is it under parent? And then 
you know, classes and I couldn't find it. I gave up and wrote back like where, where on the portal. And anyway, it turned into a very funny conversation about like, why is this website the hardest thing to navigate? Everybody has ever seen, but I feel like it's true for any school. I'm going to tell you that if I can't find it on the portal, it's my fault. But if you can't find it on the portal, it's the school's fault. Thank you. Like if I can't find it on the portal, it says it right there and I just haven't seen it correctly. I mean, I just had this with my kid where could you grab my wallet off of my desk? My wallet, you've seen it. My wallet is about a full foot wide and about six inches thick and it has a very bright floral pattern. It's like a fold over wallet. You know, it's a tri-fold giant. It's a about the size of your average red brick. That's the size of my wallet. Because there's, there's a certain culling of receipts and like old hotel room cards. Because there's so much money in it. <laughs> no, no, that's not why. It's because it's full. Yes, of nonsense. And it's also because because I lose things. Like I need the cement block, you know, bathroom key at the gas oh, station right. yes, yes, version yes. of a wallet. Like it has to be the size of a brick. Otherwise I lose it, right? They're always advertising like the smallest. My husband wants the smallest smallest, thinnest wallet ever. And I'm the opposite. I want one the size of like my arm so that I can't lose it. He wants the like ones with like the truck drives over them and nothing happens. And you want one like a truck would drive over it and like the rims would fall off. <laughs> and the truck would be totaled. Okay. Correct. It's one way of remembering. But I sent my son in, could you get my wallet off of my desk? And I don't know how he couldn't have seen it. It's a giant floral cement brick in the middle of a fairly small desk. And he's like, I couldn't find it. I've given birth to myself. The parent portals, I mean, they just the places they put things like their nesting systems are so weird. And the the way the things they get put behind. Anyway, I'm not explaining it particularly well, but do I need to? Everybody who has a school portal knows I can't find anything on there including the stuff you really needed to know. I had to order books for my kid. He's in high school. And I finally had to go on the Facebook page for the whole school and be like, where are the books? How did you guys know that there were books to order? And somebody was like, first you click on calendar, then you click on, oh God, forms and permission slips. Like, like, come on, really? Yeah, of course. We just did this with laptop pickup. It's laptop pickup day. And I'm always team sort of like, if we can get there, great. If you can ride your bike over, even better. But otherwise, they'll just give you a laptop yes. on day one. I guess they don't want everyone to do that. But I, I feel like, you know how people are always posting the thing of like, back in the old days in the summer, we just drank from the hose and ran around all day and drank bug juice. But I feel that way a little bit towards school. My parents never received an email from the school. They received two things. They received report card in an envelope twice a year. And that was all the contact. Assuming you felt like handing it to them and they remembered to ask. Yeah. Okay. I think they did send it so that you couldn't, you know, intercept it. But I mean, I don't feel there needs to be daily communication between me and the school. I don't check the portal. I mean, maybe I'm a nightmare for the teachers, but I don't want to make anyone's job harder. But I also really feel strongly that this shouldn't involve me. I feel like the book list is live and your kid does need to have books for the first day of school. Don't make it a like scavenger hunt on the parent portal. Just say like the book list is live, everybody, and here it is. Like you can blast people. I don't want them blasting me every day, but blast me when there's something I need to know. Yes. Yes. Maybe that's it. Or my kid needs to know, but my kid's probably not going to bother. So I need to know. I need a little more communication. That's not behind. Behind 86 different walls. I, I, behind walls that aren't. Exactly. It just shouldn't be a full-time job as a mom for your child to go to school. It just shouldn't be. It should not involve you that much. What else have you got for me, Amy? Have we hit all of the fresh hells? Uh, no, I think I have a good one. This is mostly for younger kids, but the memory still wounds. I can still recall. <laughs> wounds. 
Oh, the burning. Something that experts call scholastic transference, which is when there is an assignment for your kid to do at school that very much involves the parental involvement, sometimes to a much greater extent than the kid's involvement. And what I'm thinking of is when my kids were very little, like nursery, pre-K, for the first day of school, you have to make a poster with 10 family photos on it, all about me. Yeah. You have to make the all about me poster. Yeah. The involvement of the dongle is always a problem. Like when you have to somehow get photos off of your computer onto some sort of, you know, plug-in dongle and then take that to CVS, like what's happening in your very life? I hope that you just email those in, but I don't know. I used to just print them. Like we do have a printer at our house. No, no, no. I used to have to put them on the little flash drive and then go to CVS and plug that in. I mean, I had three children in four years. Oldest child's What About Me poster, because we still have them somewhere. Yes, that's right. I do want to say they're adorable. I still have them like stuffed in the top of the closets. Adorable. Let me tell you, second child's like maybe one photo. (laughs) Lots of filled in information. Third child, drawn pictures. Drew a picture of herself, drew a picture of the family. And I'm like, it's fine. Yes. Doesn't always have to involve us. Yes. Now, like language skills aren't that developed. So I guess it's nice for them to be able to point to pictures and have the teachers understand about the kids. Like, I get it, but it's a real pain. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a real pain. And I I think what happens, and we've talked about this all the time, because we're not trying to give anybody grief. And like, everybody's trying. We love teachers. We keep saying it. But Everybody has a cute idea or everybody needs just one thing. And the fact is, by the end of it, you're getting 40 things. And so you end up feeling frustrated and overwhelmed by like the ready confetti because it's one of the 450 things on your list. That's not ready confetti's fault, but it is a little bit. I'm overwhelmed by all the things. Yes. See, here's where I get stuck. I guess you're like, forget it. We're drawing pictures. I want to drop out. I'm full of resentment that I. it's the night before school and I forgot that I have to print a dozen photos and make sure that like I have one of each grandparent and make sure that, you know what I mean? Like all the important adults, you're scrolling through your 25,000 photos to find one of your sister because she's in on the poster yet. But the idea that I can just not do it, I get a little stuck there because everybody else is going to have one or it'll be great and my kids won't be as good. It isn't that I want to be better than the other parents. It's that this seems like a really important assignment. You don't want to be significantly worse. Right. Yeah. See, I've had to let go of that, Amy, in my life. <laughs> I'm just like, no. I remember a really a good friend of mine in town. I, the moment I fell in love with her, her kid was like, I can't believe we're late, mom. And she was like, well, honey, if you don't want to be late, you'll just have to get a new mama. <laughs> and it just, I was like, I love that. Like, yeah, we're just the late family. Sorry. We try. We don't want to be annoying. We don't want to make it more difficult for people, but... We are kind of the late family, and I don't know what to tell you, kid. That's really refreshing. I know. I need that chip in my brain a little more. Yeah, and you can't... Listen, the teachers can't have 20 late families. They can't have... No, but... It all go wrong all the time. But I do think that you can have... I think it's that. I've thought about this a lot because I'm trying to, like, to change how I do some of these things. And I think sometimes I over-deliver on the, you know, all about me back-to-school poster... And then you get there and you'll, you walk your kid into the classroom and you see like, oh, nobody did that. Everybody knows like that's dumb and you don't have to do that. I think it's not that you never do anything and you're always like, who cares? It's just that you have a much more developed radar for this thing actually matters. Like if I don't get this permission slip in, he's not going on the trip. But the about me poster is optional. I feel like none of it's optional. And definitely having three makes it like I actually can't do all of these things. It's not possible. Yes. I have to triage at a certain point. That's right. And I'm not just like, I don't care about anything. I'll never go to my kids sports. Like, I'm not really like that. But at a certain point, I am sort of like, 
Okay, since I need the perspective here because I can't be three places at once, let me remind myself that my parents were never in any of Mm -hmm. these places, never. And I did not grow up injured by that. And speaking of that, we have an interview coming out Friday with Linda Flanagan. She is the author of a new book called Take Back the Game, which is all about the sort of mania of sports culture and how it's like eating our kids' childhoods and eating our weekends. And do we have to do that? And she makes that point so saliently in the book that this whole expectation that you give every night and weekend and family dinner that you have over to the nine-year-old's travel lacrosse schedule is, is new and optional and something to be queried, let's just say. So watch for that on Friday. Make your own choices about it. I think that's right. All right. More fresh hell. Back to school when we come back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different Different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L U M E N dot M E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is. Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. And now, homework hell for every age from the What Fresh Hell podcast. First grade reading. Sound it out. Sound it out. That's great. No, you can do it. Sound it. Oh, for God's sake. It's worm. Worm. Algebra. Okay, let's see. Determine the inequality of negative two is less than three X plus one is less than 13. Sorry, kid. You're on your own. Spelling. 
Sure, honey. I'd love to turn off this episode of Real Housewives and listen to you spell engagement 19 times. All about my family poster. Ooh, let's see. So you said mommy's favorite thing to do is drink beer. Okay, new policy. You show everything to me before handing it in. Nonsensical holiday-themed project. Wait, you have to decorate a pumpkin to look like Theodore Roosevelt? That makes no sense. The essay. Okay, this was assigned last Thursday, and it is due tomorrow, and you were just telling me about it now? Word problems. If Caitlin has 27 crayons and James has 2.5 times fewer than Caitlin, then how many cra- Okay, wait, I can tell there's going to be crying. Let me grab a Kleenex before we get started. Science fair. Okay, family spring break is canceled this year. Instead, we are all going to be working full-time on this potato light bulb. All right, Amy, we like to find solutions in part three. Hopefully you have some for us. I saw this article recently. Phyllis Fagel wrote it for the Washington Post. She's a parenting expert. We've talked about her work on the podcast before. She wrote an article called Five Ways Parents Can Help Children Have a Better School Year, which before you're like, is this like five different kinds of ready confetti? No, it's and it's actually some of this is for us as well, which is why I really liked it. (laughs) Five different (laughs) kinds of ready confetti. (laughs) A big bucket of ready confetti. No, she basically comes at it from the last school year was really hard. The school year before that was a dumpster fire and the end of the school year before that. And so the 21-22 school year, Anya Kamenetz made this point when she was on the show that by any other set of criteria, the last school year was like pretty not great, but it was better than the one before, right? So we're all hoping that this school year is going to be the return to normal that our kids deserve, that we deserve, that it's going to be just better. And She's suggesting, Phyllis, that because we've had these last couple of years that have been characterized by so much uncertainty, that there are things we can do to make it better, to make this year better. Do you want to hear a couple of them? I guess I do. Am I available to learn, Amy? Let's see. She says that kids, they expected last year to be normal. September of last year, we were... 2021. Yeah. So we were back to school, but still in masks for sure in New York. Yeah. Right. I mean, depending on where you were and still in outbreaks and still like, well, that's weird. And But we were under the assumption that, okay, this is normal. We're going back to normal. And she argues that it isn't just like if your school's didn't close or whatever. It was normal. Like it was still disrupted in other ways. Like my kids were in school the whole year, but with the windows open in the winter time, right? And what she really drills down on is this idea of like it wasn't normal for our kids because they were just getting back to school and things were hard for them that they didn't expect and that the teachers didn't expect, right? I have like 32 kindergartners who don't know how to share. I have, she gives an example in the article about some, uh, like I think like fourth graders were playing dodgeball and like the seventh graders came over and like took over the whole game and the teachers were like why are the seventh graders playing with the fourth graders well because they miss fifth grade and they kind of miss sixth grade and so they want to run around and be little kids you know there was a major resetting of being like oh these things that we didn't expect are the things that our kids find hard so the idea is that we can sort of own that and say like okay this year is a, a restart this year is a real reset, an opportunity to redo things how you want them to be. And then a teacher can address this with her kids and that we can, with the kids at home, be like, okay, like your homework corner in your room, what can we do to make that look extra special? You know, put the aloe (laughs) plant there. I don't know. Like a, a little something, reset it, do something to make your kid excited about their space and the things that they're returning to is something that they're good at. 
Okay. I, I see that. I mean, I guess I think the thing that I take away from it a little bit more, first of all, I think that back to school is a back to one. Mm-hmm. You're right. Back to school is a drag and let our kids have that feeling. I have one kid who's truly like, he is like in cement shoes every day, like dragging his feet. He does not want to go, you know, and that's fine. That's a legitimate feeling. But that it is a back to one, new pencils, new books, getting to see friends again, and really appreciating for myself when I'm trying to focus on the alarm going off at 645 and my entire body being like, take me back to the lake where I was happy, trying to focus a little bit on we are getting back to a routine that feels really normal. And there's something really great about that. It is nice for my kids to not be in masks and to see their friends. I mean, obviously, COVID is still around. People are still getting it. But it's not the thing defining their school year this year. That's what I'm hoping. Yes, at least we hope so. Right. And that is meaningful and good and a positive. The other thing about the COVID thing and coming out of it is it's a thing to kind of celebrate in a way. We can be overly reductive about it or tweet tweet or whatever that like, but that was hard, wasn't it? But we got through it. You know what? I'm kind of glad that there was a pandemic. Like, no, I'm not. And I'm not for our kids and I'm not for me. I don't need to silver lining this. But this professor named Christopher Emden, he's a professor of education at uh, USC, and he wrote a book called Ratchet Demic. So I'll link to that. He says that we need to sort of equip our kids with the knowledge that they did get through something hard. Not that it wasn't that bad. No, it, was, it actually wasn't a kind of fun. No, that it was really hard, that it was really tough. And it did teach you resilience and fortitude. And I'm sorry you went through it. But you can get through making new friends at your new school if you got through a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. We've talked about this before. Hard things have something to teach us. And appreciating that it's a little easier is sometimes a helpful part of saying, hey, we're back to the routine. This is one difference. I don't think I have to convince my kid of that, but I have to have confidence in it myself. My kid who is really struggling to be back to school, he's mama's son. He just likes the freedom and the free time. He likes to fill his days and he loves animals and he, he would rather be walking around the yard like finding animals and honestly playing video games than going to school. But that I know that it's good for him to be back to a routine. And I know that the summer comes again. I don't think I have to force that perspective on him of like, well, it's not as bad as doing it at home in front of a computer during a pandemic. I don't think that's interesting to him, but I think it's interesting to me to remember for myself. Yep. Everything has a season and some seasons are, you know, dancing seasons and some seasons are plowing seasons and back to school is the start of a plowing season and it's hard. But I kind of see the perspective of like, it's not as hard as that plowing season where the dirt was all rocky. Where there were uh, refrigerator trucks outside hospitals. Yeah, where there were crows attacking us or whatever. But I think that we have to be careful in trying to layer on a lot of perspective for kids and school because... I have a kid who loves school and is very glad to be back. But for a lot of kids, school stinks. And I think, okay, I get you. Well, you certainly, you don't want to in- introduce a storm cloud into a kid who's like, I just can't wait to meet my new teacher. To say that, but first, let's have a talk about the pandemic. I want you to know that I acknowledge how hard the pandemic was for you. No, don't do that. But if your kid is like, my, my, I have a kid starting a new school this fall. It's hard. Will I make friends? I don't know anyone. I mean, you know, the kind of stuff any kid would do. That that might be a way in to like, if you did this, you can do that. You know how to do hard things. Yeah. I have a kid who's now starting high school, really trying in every circumstance 
to allow them to lead in the problem solving. In something came up, they were assigned the wrong class, came to me, you need to fix this. And I said, let's see if you can fix it. And this kid sent an email. It was to the wrong person. You actually need to email this person. I don't understand. Okay. You just follow the next step. The next step is you email the right person. Okay. They want to meet. Okay, great. Here's your bike. There's the school. Go meet and figure it out. They were able to fix this problem on their own. For me, as my kids get older, Leaning out is the most challenging thing rather than like leaning in and being like, let me give you this perspective, kind of saying like, yes, school stinks for you. What's the solution to that? Do you think you need an hour of play afterwards? What if you rode your bike there? What if you walked there? What if you met a friend for half hour beforehand and played? You start thinking about what these solutions look like versus I always figure out what these solutions look like. Yes, I think that's a really good point. And I want to make sure before we close that we do an actual, true slow clap for the teachers because we're talking about how hard this year has been. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure to say that at the end of an episode, we were goofing on Ready Confetti that we get that teachers have had to go above and beyond. And maybe some of them are dreading back to school and maybe some of them are excited. And we just want to thank you for everything you're doing to help our kids get back to school. And listen, the fact that you're still trying, the ready confetti is only a sign that you're still trying. (laughs) It's a sign of life. Well, the rest of us have just died inside. So God bless you. Absolutely. Be kind to the teachers. Remember, there's 30 of you and one of them. Give these teachers a break. Who is having a harder time at back to school than our beloved teachers? Not many, Amy. None. (laughs) None more. The answer is none more harder. Well, we didn't solve it. We didn't solve the back to school fresh hell. Hard disagree, Amy. We solved it because now we know what fresh hells we're facing and we're facing them together. I feel we solved it. Back to one, back to school. I'm calling it a solved it. If anyone needs school supplies, hit me up, okay? Info at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. I'll send you (laughs) some graph paper, okay? You know what I'm going to do a shout out to this week is uh, episode ideas. We get them. You guys send them to us and we love them and we consider them all. You can email us questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. You can drop something in the Facebook group. You can message us on Instagram. We see them all eventually. So keep them coming. Keep them coming and keep listening. Tell your friends to listen. And with that, friends, happy back to school. We'll talk to you (laughs) next time. (laughs) So long. Bye-bye. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 